This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's Sentence Clarity Rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. Another poor performance, this time against Newcastle. Despite this poor run of form, we are still unbeaten in our last four games. So should we be demanding more, or should we just be content with the season we're having? We talk about this and a lot more before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. 
That's all coming up on this week's show. X, Martin Allen described the Newcastle game as a must win. We didn't win, we drew. What did you think of the performance? Um, I thought it was a disappointing performance. I expected more. I think a number of players underperformed. Uh, there was no creativity, limited chances created. Um, I felt, you know, if we're going to get into um, Champions League or Europa League spaces, we need to be beating teams that are in a relegation battle. I know they're playing better than they have been. I know they are on a bit of form, but they were missing Sam Maxim and uh, Trippier two key players and I just felt too many of our players underperformed got a draw you know in the past you might have lost that game but it, it wasn't good enough in my opinion yeah it's piss poor mate wouldn't it let's be honest I mean the players just look flat they look knackered and they just don't seem to have that spark that we showed early on in the season and for me that's the fourth consecutive poor performance since the transfer window is that a coincidence or are we starting to see the effects of not bringing players in I think it's not bringing players in, mate, to be honest with you, because we can't alternate anything. There's no there's no plan B. You know, we're having to stick with Antonio as our sole striker, and the guy just is just not on form. He looks like a shadow of the man he was. He's so lethargic. You know, the amount of times, you know, a couple of months ago, he would have been quicker off his toes. He'd have got behind the man. He would have ran at them from the start, but he's hesitant, he's slow, he's sluggish. And because we don't have an alternative to him, he has to keep playing. And and that means that players get complacent. You know, Suchek's another one. Suchek hasn't performed for, you know, months, if all season, really. When you look at it, you draw it back and be brutal and don't try and defend him because we know, because we like him and he likes a potato salad. We actually go brutal and look at the facts of the season. Don't think he's performed all season. Um, and... You know, you can pin it on being tired, playing a lot of games, running a lot, the, the possible changing role of Rice and him. But at the end of the day, when when it's not working, you have to have options to change it. It's like almost the opposite to never change a winning team. Um, if you've got a team that isn't performing, you need to make changes until you get a, a winning structure so you can build on that. And at the moment, we just don't have the depth to be able to do it. No, I know. I make you right. I mean, when you do pick the bones out of it, why are these players underperforming like they are? Is it psychological? Are they starting to kind of pick up on the lack of ambition uh, for this football club? Or, or is it tiredness? Because I've got to be honest, look, I'm not in the game, right? I'm not in the game. And I know other players around them are top athletes. So in comparison, they have to constantly be at that level. But at the same time, these are young men who live their lives in the right way. And I sometimes struggle to understand why for 90 minutes a week, they can't just be at their best when they are athletes. They're highly paid athletes. Is this naivety on my part or do you see where I'm coming from? I see where you're coming from, from a physical point of view, but I think so often the psychology, the mental aspects of football is overlooked. You almost consider footballers, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying people in general consider footballers to be almost machines. They just turn up. If you're a good player, you'll be a good player. Um, and if you're with other good players, you'll be an even better, better player and so on. Whereas unfortunately, psychology plays such a huge part in football. And if anything is arguably the most important thing, 
And when players like that, you can tell from Antonio's body language, he knows he hasn't been performing. He said he needs in, in the press, he needs someone to give him competition or a rest. Um, it, it's obvious that he's not performing at the moment, yet he's made to go out every week. You can tell he, he dreads He's actually dreading getting the ball at times. You know, he had a shot, ballooned it way over in the, I think it was the first half from memory. And, um, and you know, and, and he didn't really do very much else. And because there's no alternative, you take him out the firing line for two weeks, for example, and you bring in a, another forward. And then you might bring Antonio off the bench for the last 15. He won't feel as much pressure because he's got, you know, it's a bonus. If he scores in those last 15, he may well go and score then and get his confidence back but we don't have that option and they and he's also fatigued both mentally and physically because he's traveling back and forth to jamaica as he has done and he's having to play every single game and don't forget Fortunately, this season, his hamstrings, touch wood, have held. But he's not used to playing this many games in the season because he often has periods of time out injured. So from a from a physical point of view, in terms of fitness, he's not used to playing this much. And I just think the fact we've got no alternatives is a real issue. I, I still can't understand why we didn't try and loan someone or we didn't maybe gamble five, ten million on an unproven forward that might might run around a bit, might get a goal here or there, and would then give your other players a chance to rest. I think I mean, there's a crucial mistake that we made, and unfortunately, unless we can rectify it very soon, our season is in danger of derailing very quickly. Yeah, it really is. And you make a good point about Jamaica. I mean, that seriously hasn't helped us, has it? Or helped him. And no. I keep going back to the podcast we've done with Chris Akabusi, which mm. was fascinating from an athlete's perspective. And he basically said, Mikel Antonio is not built to be a long-distance runner. He is a short sprinter. So his perfect game, really, he's probably contributing 20 minutes every week because he can be explosive in that time, but he can't be explosive for 90 minutes every single week. And like you say, I just can't understand how David Moyes doesn't see a striker as a priority. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that he'd rather go with no one other than someone. And I know some people laugh at this. Fucking hell, I'd have brought Andy Carroll back. You know, I'd rather Andy Carroll on the bench to come on and mix things up than nobody. Yeah. You know, and also, what sort of faith does David Moyes have in our youth system? Why are we not seeing more opportunities given to strikers from the under-23s? Are they not good enough? Are they not ready? Because they don't seem to be an option either. It's almost like David Moyes isn't looking at any other options other than pinning his hopes on someone who is blowing out of his ass and low on confidence. I mean, if you're David Moyes' ex... And in Antonio, you've got a striker that just isn't scoring goals and he is low on confidence. What do you do with him? I think this weekend we've got to put um, Bowen up front um, or even Flasich. Bowen up front would be my preferred choice. And then you've got to stick someone else on the right wing. You know, it might be the case you give Oko flex. I'm not sure if he's injured at the moment. Actually, I meant to look that up because he didn't play for the under-23s, I don't think, the other day either. Um, or or someone bring Flasich in and put Bowen up front. Um, you know, I think you've just got to look at an all alternative now because he's not performing and I say the same for Suchek you know if Lanzini's fit which he may well be at a weekend is there an argument to say you play um you you play Rice with Lanzini or you can even put Suchek up front 
I use him almost as like a, a target man. Almost he's got the physique for it and give and then see how that works, you know. That's a possible option that has just came into my head without rethinking really it through. Um so I think you've just got to look at this. I mean, also, you know, why did he pay Fredericks over Johnson? I'm guessing it was pace and he thinks Fredericks would have dealt with their pace a bit better, but Johnson's a better right back than Fredericks. Um and I think he's just got to take some of these players out the firing line now. I think it's Sue Check and Antonio, the two that stand out to me. But then you can argue Ben Rama hasn't done a huge amount for a while. Now, even Rice hasn't been on his top form. Um, and so you've got to really try and alternate two or three players now and get the very, very best um, out of those new ones that come in and hopefully that will raise the game. And then the, the thing about youth players as well, you know, there's almost like a buzz when you put a youth player in, especially if they're like one of your own. You know, you think back to times, you know, when we introduced Freddie Sears, when we introduced Jack Collinson, Rio Ferdinand, Joe Cole, even as, you know, far back as Matthew Rush, you know, it gives a bit of a kick to the team to see an academy lad coming through and the fans. Give Oco Flex a start, you know, or give Chester's a start in midfield. Something like that will give a little per. It's a risk, don't get me wrong, and there's people out there that will jump on that and say you can't just throw in someone like that. But at the moment, the, the, you've got to try something, and we don't have the squad to bring in a senior player. Mm. I'm starting to see more people calling for David Moyes to be sacked. Do you find this as ludicrous as I do? Yeah, I think that's ridiculous, you know, at the end of the day. West Ham have finished in the in the top um top half of the table, probably in the top division, probably what, off the top of my head, maybe four, five times in the thirty odd years I've been going, we're due to finish um at the moment, in the top half of the table, um, two years in a row. You know, under him, you know, you've got to give him time in the summer hopefully where he'll realize now he the urgency of buying players and he'll actually buy some players and when he spends some money he doesn't do bad you know you look at some of his signings zuma a great signing um if you take out off the field issues jared bowen an amazing signing sue and chaffel you know good signings uh, obviously off form at the moment both of them but on the whole their contributions to west ham have been good and they've both got sell-on value if you decide to move them on ben rama has been a good signing for west ham you know so there's been there's been dawson you know dawson's been a very good signing um so it's not like we can't trust him with the money i mean jumping on his back is way too quick it's way too reactionary of course you can criticize him i'm criticizing him for not doing anything about antonio but to want him sacked is a step way too far in my opinion mm. i mean if we slip in the table and get knocked out of both cups, do you think there will start to be some pressure on Moisey? Yeah, because because of the fact that he, he the decision not to bring in players could be huge for us. And whilst we won't go down this year, if we end up if we end up slipping to say 13th, 14th, you know, which is possible given how many games some of the other clubs still have to play, and then we do get knocked out of both cups, then you'd have to say what went so badly wrong that the club is massively off form i still wouldn't sack him um unless it was like complete catastrophe of like you know 10 losses in a row but i wouldn't sack him but i would 
say to him, we have to strengthen this summer and you have to get it right. So it would start to put pressure on him if we did start to fall. But it's way too early at this point. We haven't even lost at the weekend. Yes, we didn't play well, but we haven't lost. You know, we we didn't lose at Leicester either. You know, so we actually, you want to look at it. Yes, we haven't performed that well. But the last three games, we beat Watford, we drew at Leicester and we drew at Newcastle. So it's not disastrous. Yeah, it's funny when you look at it like that, isn't it? Because I do see it as four pretty poor performances, but we haven't lost any of them. We no. progressed in the cup competition, albeit by stumbling past Kidderminster. We we won the game against Watford. I thought we were poor that night, but luckily there was a, a poorer side that we were up against. Um, you know, typically a, a point away at Leicester is a good result, and it's not the end of the world to draw it home to Newcastle. But maybe that is just the levels now. Maybe with yeah. uh, the, the the growth of this football club comes a higher expectation now, you know. And and I don't know. Maybe as fans we should we should keep things into perspective and still enjoy what's you know in black and white a successful season. Or maybe maybe we should be keeping the pressure on. We should be disappointed with drawing at home to Newcastle because when we left Upton Park we were promised next level. I actually think that we've got that now. But we need to sustain that, don't we? So where is it? Should we be putting things into perspective or should we be demanding more? It's a difficult one because I can argue for both. But I think I think we expect more. We expect more on a match-by-match basis. You can never sit back. And if you've not played well and say, oh, well, we didn't play well today, but that's okay because we're doing well in the league. If you take it as an individual match-by-match basis, you're, a, you're able to say, yeah, look, our performance wasn't great against Newcastle. However, when you look at it as, as a bigger picture, Every team has little blips in the season where they don't play particularly well. You know, look at Man City, for example. They were miles ahead like not long ago in the league, and now Liverpool, with a game in hand, can get within three points of them. Um, and they've just lost to Tottenham. You know, there's... Um, there's always periods of time. I think you can be critical of the performance, definitely, and say things have got to pr- improve. But when you look at the overall performance of the club this season at the moment, whilst we're on a bit of decline at the moment, overall, the ultimate um, factor in making that decision is the end of the season league table and the end of the season results in the cup. At this point, we are still in um, with a chance of finishing in the Champions League. I don't think we will, but we're in within a chance and we're in the chance of in winning. Um, we're in the final stages of two important cups. So on the grand scheme of things, you can put it into perspective and say, look, it's actually still a good season, but at the moment, you can criticise the performances. Mm. Yeah, and it didn't help that Tottenham got a win against Man City away, either, did it? Fuck me. No, results um, were terrible this weekend oh, for mate, us. Honestly, they really were. Um, look, we're still fifth in the league, but teams around us do have games in hand, which is quite frustrating. How long do you think we'll be there for? Um, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, I think it's going to be difficult for us to maintain it at the moment because we're fifth. But when you look at it, Arsenal, that we're only a, a goal um, above Arsenal and they've got three games in hand on us. So 
you'd expect. Arsenal are going to go quite significantly above us. Wolves have uh, only two points behind us, and they've been on a really good run of form at the moment. You see, you'd expect, you know, two points with two games in hand on us. They're going to pick up at least three points out of those two games. I don't know who they're playing, but go on, on the form that they are, I mean, they're playing us next weekend, um, which is a tough game. You know, Spurs have got three games in hand on us, and they're only three points behind us. You know, so at the moment, looking at the league, table we could realistically fall down as low as eighth quite quickly um there's a bit of a gap between us and the teams below that but eighth could be where we end up quite quickly and you know whilst it wouldn't be an awful season it wouldn't be you know if we finished eighth and we do quite well in the cups it wouldn't be an awful season but given where we were at one stage there would be a disappointment Mm, it's crucial in the summer, isn't it? I mean, it was important in January, but it is crucial in the summer to, one, keep our best players, including Declan Rice. He needs to have everything thrown at him to try and keep him at this football club. And two, to build on the good work that Moyes has done and just to buffer that squad and just, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but just show some nuts and fucking go for it, Moyes. It's not your money. Do you know what I mean? Have a punt. Your recruitment's been brilliant so far. If you take the punt, it don't quite work out. It's life. Do you know what I mean? But we need to take the punt rather than do nothing at all. And as for the owners and the new investor, they have to back him as well. You know, look, I'm a realist. He's not going to give him a blank check, but they have to pump money into this football club because it it does feel like it's a bit of a now or never scenario for us, especially with the constant speculation of Declan's future as well, which don't help. We really, really have to make the most of what we can with this season, but also in the summer, it is so crucial that we get it right. So crucial. Uh, Going back to the game itself, 80% of the votes uh, went to Craig Dawson from our patrons for Man of the Match. 13% gave it to Kurt Zuma and a handful were tied on 1%. Inferred. Do you agree with that? Those are the two that I would have chosen. Personally, I think Zuma was slightly ahead, but then Dawson scored a goal, so I can see I can see the argument. And obviously, Zuma's not very popular at the moment. It probably came into the recognition recognition a bit. I um I voted for Zuma, um, but Dawson would have been my second choice if I voted for anyone else. So the fact that those two are the two that won it, um, then then yeah, I agree. Mm. Mm, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. That's yeah. telling as well when you're two centre backs at home to Newcastle. Mm. Oh, head and shoulders, the two best players. Yeah. Uh, that shows you how well you've done in an attacking perspective. Yeah. I also think you're right about Kurt as well because for me, he was man of the match. Um, but I think he, he is lacking a bit of popularity at the moment, isn't he? After kicking yeah. that cat, I think he's losing votes in polls like that. Well, he'll, ne- he'll never. He'll never win Hammer of the Year this year. I can tell you that. No matter how well he plays now for the rest of this season, there's no way he'll win Hammer of the Year. Even mm. if he is amazing, even if he's the best player for the remaining, you know, four months or whatever it is now, um, three months, uh, he will be. Um, he won't win it because that incident now has just tarnished his reputation with a, a, a huge part of the fan base. Mm. So I've seen some whispers that the donation actually hasn't been made to charities and the club haven't offered Kurt to go and work in some of these shelters. All the stuff that apparently he was going to be punished for, he hasn't been. I mean, do you know if there's any truth in that? 
I don't, to, to be honest with you. I don't think the money has directly gone to the RSPCA, which is what they've claimed, apparently. The money is going to be shared amongst different animal charities. Um, maybe they haven't got round to it yet. For, I know it sounds a bit naff, but maybe they haven't. I mean, you'd like to think they do, because if they don't, they're only going to pile more um, criticism and misery upon this whole situation. So they need to they need to go out, make those donations, like they said, get the, the benefactors to say, this is what, yeah, we got that donation, so that it is in the public, and Zuma needs to to go about showing that he um, that he is remorseful because so far he's not really spoke about it. I know they unleashed a statement, but Martin uh, made a mad dog made a good point on our last podcast with him. It would have been helpful for him to have actually come out and face the cameras now and actually said it, you know, because the Newcastle fans were singing songs about him. Apparently their forward kept meowing every time he got the ball. So, you know, people are going to try and get into, into his head. Um, and I think the only way you can nip this in the bud now come out say you're sorry say you're gonna top tie your tie do your time for for the crime or whatever say you love those cats and it was just a, a spur of the moment stupid thing um and and then hopefully you can move on from that you can't make it up can you no it's fucking <laughs> unbelievable. It can only happen to West Ham, honestly. It's, it's just it's incredible. a typical West Ham story. And this is why, mm. mate, you and I are able to write books on season by season of what West Ham get up to. Because yeah. if you were if you were a standard club, you know, in terms of your league performances, then there wouldn't be that much to talk about because generally West Ham are a, a stable Premier League team that goes down occasionally but then usually comes up quite quickly. That's been the sort of story of the last 30 years. Doesn't get to um, finals of cups anymore. Semi-finals at best every sort of five, ten years. That's what West Ham are. But the reason West Ham are so easy to talk about and have so much that you can include in books and podcasts and whatever coverage you want to give them is because so much happens off the pitch that just doesn't happen at other clubs. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so true. So true. Well, the Newcastle game was the start of a long day for us, wasn't it? But a good one. I mean, what did you think of the Royal East suite? Because we uh, went a bit posh, didn't we, on Saturday? Yeah, and thank you to Spencer, who provided yeah. that opportunity for both of us. And, you know, absolute diamond fellow. It was a pleasure to to meet him and, and get to know him. So thank you very, very much. And I'm speaking for you, but both of our, us are obviously incredibly grateful um, for that opportunity. Um, I thought it was a really good experience. Um you know, the, it was very well organised. Credit to West Ham. It's not often that you you say that. Although I guess we did have a little bit of problem when we first got there, but it was sorted out by the by the beautiful Lucy, shall we say? Um, and uh, yeah, and the situation was made. Um, yeah, you know, really good. The food was really good. The seats were really good. We sat literally lot what two tables away from from Declan's um family which was nice you know spoke to the uh, both brothers such an amazing family they are such a grounded really nice family obviously mad dog was in there Kenny Brown and pretty much every like every player that was in there we'd interviewed at some point so it was good to catch up and yeah really good experience yeah it was good I'll tell you what I didn't get off to a great start in terms of our introduction did it I mean fucking mad dog done us up like a kipper didn't he as always, least this, time, least this time he brought both of us down rather than it just being me. You know, usually, <laughs> usually it's just me that takes the stick, but uh, yeah, it took us both down a number of times. Well, everyone he knew 
in that lounge and he does know pretty much everyone because he's there every week and he's you know very talkative so he's, he's obviously built relationships we didn't know any of these people and he was at the door when we got there so we've gone on with, we've gone in with him and the first person he's um he's spoken to is lucy and we've been there seven seconds and we walked through the door and he said hi lucy this is dave this is x they're a pair of perverts <laughs> And then we'll, what the fuck do you say to that? And then exactly. we've gone into the lounge and there, there are tables full of people who are saying, hi guys, um, just to let you know, these two are perverts. And we're like, hi. <laughs> In our max. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, fucking hell, Mark, give us a break, mate. Fucking hell, do you know what I mean? It's a nightmare. But no, the experience was brilliant. And uh, no, we spent a lot of time with Martin, who's obviously a top fella. And, uh, well, like he's not say, calling you a pervert. Yeah, when he's not calling you a pervert, yeah. And eating um, um, grandchildren's uh, sweets. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. He, he don't give a fuck, does he? No, um, he literally has no filter. No, he doesn't, he doesn't. And it's funny because obviously in a suite like that, you are going to get some people of a certain class, but he don't, he don't care, does he? He's dropping fucks left, right and centre and, uh, yeah, yeah, licking food off people's plates. and Telling like, those two, we were sat next to two, what seemed like, um, res- I don't know what the word is, uh, highly respectable, upper-class <laughs> ladies, shall we say, um, yeah. and uh, and he just sat next to them and, and they had quite, <laughs> like, this doesn't sound horrible, but they had quite a lot of food on their plate, um, obviously taking advantage of the good food that was on offer, and he said something along the lines of, oh my God, you know the game starts in 10 minutes? You're not both going to eat all that, are you? they look quite offended by that and he just doesn't care just laughs it and laughs at himself and then walks off and abuses someone else you know and, uh, so yeah having so we were known as the perverts of the lounge by the yeah. time we'd uh got out well by the time we'd even sat down really yeah yeah i, I definitely felt you know through no fault of my own quite rapey really after uh, a good hour of being in there because that's the yeah. sort of that's the scene that he set, wasn't it, unfortunately? Well, but... yeah, well, when someone's going around telling everyone you're a pervert, well, how'd you come back to that? I mean, a couple yeah. of times I think I said, how do you know, Martin? You're clearly one yourself and tried <laughs> to bring it back in. And I think a couple of the women said, well, that makes three of you then. So yeah, some, yeah, did yeah. Bite, some did bite back a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, t- typical Martin Allen. <laughs> yeah. But then after that, we went to a party, didn't we? And uh, that was a good night yeah. and all, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. We did. Um, a, a West Ham party. I don't know if we can say who. Probably but, uh, not. No, but uh, people that I that we both know in the club, um, a party there in uh, Colchester um, was, um, yeah, it was good. It was uh, good to catch up with a couple of um, faces that we've got to know over the years. Um, and, yeah, lots of good people there. Um, stayed in a decent hotel and... Uh, yeah, it was all good. Yeah, it was having good. Paid, found out yesterday, having paid something like 30 quid so I could <laughs> stay in my room longer than the the um, than the um 11 o'clock kick-out time. That, and I actually left before you, who hadn't paid that money and didn't ever pay that money. So feel right, royally conned there. But uh, <laughs> Well, when uh, my wife told me that... I would just burst out laughing because I said to her, he's going to fucking hate that. The fact that he's paid 30 quid. And all I did was I overslept, apologised at reception and got it for nothing. So I had a yeah. right touch, but I did need that lane because as fucking usual, I'd overdone it. And you don't oh, even know this. You don't even oh. know this. So, so we were, um, 
I think we were both pissed, fair to say, but I, I was more pissed than you were. As always. Well, yeah, because my, my trouble is, yeah, once I start, I can't fucking stop. Honestly, I'm like, I'm like Pringle. You just call me Pringle, because once, <laughs> once I start, I just can't stop. And and that's the problem. And I don't know what time we'd left the party, maybe about one o'clock or something like that. And well, I, I, I went too, because right. well, as soon as we walked into the hotel, the bar was kind of of finishing up and you're like come on X, let's go to the bar I went mate it's the end of the night let's just ra- rain it in now and you're like no come on let's go to the bar mate and I said mate we're going we're coming in he went it's only early I went mate it's like by your stance it probably was but I went mate it's five to two he went five to two and I went yeah and he went and he went I thought it was about 11 o'clock. I went, mate, we, le- we left this hotel at about quarter past nine. And we've been at a party for about three hours. How can it be only 11 o'clock? And then I said, just go to your room, get into bed, go to bed at a semi-decent time and get up in the morning. So I bet the, I assume that that's what happened, but clearly there's more. Well, there is, yeah, because that isn't what happened. And I weren't prepared to just accept that and go to bed. So the first thing that I remember that came to me yesterday, actually, because I had forgotten it, like I do most things when I'm pissed, is that I paid the fucking cabbie 10 quid to vape in his car. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Fucking easy money for him. Um, but that was the first <laughs> thing. So we drove to the hotel, and yeah, obviously everything was wrapping up. But I did go back to my room. You went back to yours. And then I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I ain't having this. I'm, I'm fucking, I want to carry on drinking. And I had no drink on me. So I went back down to the bar, and it was like a ghost town at this point. And there was this Chinese fella. And I said, uh, mate, I said, do us a favour. I think I even offered to bribe him. And all. I said, look, if I put a few quid in your pocket, open that bar back up with Jan so I can have a cup of drinks. He said, no, no, I, I can't do that. I said, of course you can. I said, it's only a pump, isn't it? No, you're not going to get in trouble. He said, yeah, you know, we've got licensing issues and all that. I said, oh, come on, mate, look, just a, just a couple of uh, rum and cokes and I'll, I'll go to bed. He said, I think you should go to bed now. I said, <laughs> Good I, man. I said, I think you should mind your own fucking business, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, I, the, the, the atmosphere was turning a bit sour between us. So... The logic that I apply to situations when I'm pissed is actually quite frightening, to be honest, because <laughs> the strategy that I decided to go with at that point, right, it's actually quite predatory thinking about it, was to walk down every single corridor in the hotel in the hope that I'd walk past a door with some sort of a party atmosphere, <laughs> right? And I, I, I promise you this is true. And I know if I, it is. And I'm if, laughing because <laughs> I know it will be true. <laughs> and if I found one, right, say say it was room 262, right? My plan was, if I found a room, say it was 262 with a party atmosphere, I was going to knock on the door, and then when they opened it, I was going to say, sorry to disturb you, but the little Chinese fella downstairs said that rooms 262 would be a good place to buy alcohol. <laughs> Can, can, can you imagine right, opening the door to me and fucking hearing that? I mean, I, I, I worry about myself sometimes and my, my trailer fault. But luckily for me, really, and everyone else, it, everyone had gone to sleep. There wasn't a peep out of any room whatsoever. So eventually I did uh, just give up. And when I went to bed, I think I FaceTimed you at about yeah. three o'clock in the morning. You didn't and I got annoyed about you, if I'm <laughs> I got annoyed when I didn't answer, but my yeah. phone was on silent, you know, without me to blow my own trumpet. If I don't put my phone on silent at night time, I'd be woken up. You know, being X, I would be woken up fucking every two minutes. So <laughs> my phone goes goes on silent night at about um, 11 o'clock or whatever. So thankfully I slept through, but then 
I woke up and saw the WhatsApp picture of you that you'd shown me of uh, you <laughs> FaceTiming me. And so I'm quite yeah. glad. Look at the state of you. I didn't answer ever. <laughs> and just for the record, do you accept now that Kel Brook beat Amir Khan? What do you mean? You must have asked me. I'm going to say... 15 times that night what had happened and every time i said to you um yeah uh Brook beat him in the sixth round you went no shut up i went mate we've been we've been <laughs> through this. yeah i said we've been through this you went no you're lying i was like mate i'm not <laughs> i'm not lying i've already shown you the, the website i've already shown you twitter no you're lying show me again oh, okay dave for the 15th time oh, God, <laughs> like, really? no, i don't yeah. remember that but, yeah, you know, so... I'll tell you what I do remember. I do remember being a bit underwhelmed by your response to my Kel Brook impression. Because I don't think you gave that the credit it deserves. <laughs> it's not, I don't, I mean, personally, I don't think it's up there with um, your Nigel Ben one, but yeah, I'm happy for you to roll it to the listeners. Well, let, let, let's see what the listeners think, right? Okay, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. I proved it. Timing beats speed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could definitely see I think that's up there you know I think that's I, up there I think you need to say more though that's just like one sentence you need to talk about it like in like at least three or four sentences before people can fully digest it yeah, alright mate fucking hell what do you want I'm not going to answer that no okay no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> moving on so listen yeah. Wolves next Sunday I don't think that's going to be an easy game that are you confident no, not at all. Um, but actually, you know, and I hate to say this because it's pessimistic, but I'd actually take a draw now if you was to offer it to me, mm. which is not the result we need because we need to beat them because it's a crucial match for the Europa, um, the, well, the European spots, and we need to get our form back on track. But given how on form they are and how off form we are, I think I would take a draw. Yeah. Yeah, I'll make you right, mate. Can't really add anything to that. And you know what as well, I think, is a bit of a hindrance. And I know I'm looking for excuses here, and it, it affects a lot of teams. But you know one thing? I think about us as well with the Europa League, and, and as I say, we're not the only ones. As I don't think playing on – I know we didn't – on. I know this, this, this time it was Saturday at 12.30, right? But our games have, have often been 2 o'clock on a Sunday um, quite frequently or, or, you know, times on a Sunday because of um, – because of the Europa League, you know, we know how very few events we've actually done on a Saturday. And I actually think, you know, that affects things a little bit because traditionally you get more up either for an evening game against a big club or a sort of three o'clock game um, on a Saturday. But where I'll get like a 12.30 game and a game, and I know it affects the same teams, but I think personally, and this is just my experience of West Ham fans, whenever it's not been your traditional gets kick of time i always think the atmosphere is not quite what it used to be and i thought that for a while i don't know if that's just me and maybe i'm looking for excuses but another two o'clock on a sunday um is not how i would want it to be ideally yeah no it's not ideal it's not ideal no you're quite right um i do get a little bit worried about this season though because i think even worst case worst case scenario realistically i think we'll have a decent finish even if we get knocked out of the cups i do think we'll finish in the top 10 but I go back to this kind of expectation level now and the desperation as a West Ham fan after years and years of disappointment to finally see us really consistently achieve something good. And I think the fear of not doing that, even if we do finish 
eighth, ninth, tenth is a worry, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is because again, you know, look look where we've been most of the season. Most of the season we've been fourth, you know, above mm. Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, Wolves, all these teams quite convincingly. And now it looks like we are at the moment. If I was to predict, I think we'll finish eighth or ninth um at the moment, unless we can severely turn a former. I think our best hope is the Europa League. That's the one I'm pinning my hopes on out of the three things we're still left in. Um but and that's worrying because we were on track to achieve I'm gonna say greatness by West Ham standards. Um so it's really frustrating that we're potentially not. You know, hopefully it's just a blip, but um hopefully we'll start to really improve um soon. But I'm not confident that we are. Mm, mm. Well, before the Wolves game, we have the West Ham Way pre-match event at O'Neill's in Leytonstone. Our special guest joining Wally on stage for the live interactive Q&A will be mighty Marlon Harewood. Tickets are available online, and if you're a patron, you just put your name down on the guest list and receive a £5 discount. We hope to see you there. Finally, for this section, um, a lot of you have probably heard the really sad news that Joey Beecham has passed away at the age of 50, and we just want to pay our respects to him and give our thoughts to his family and friends at this difficult time. Okay, let's see what X has to say this week. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.